This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Reds trying to snap a seven-game skid and play the role of spoilers, taking on the Brewers, still fighting to get in the playoffs, and nothing like a little cornhole to get things started outside Miller Park before the game. Pick up the action in the first, Joey Votto facing Brandon Woodruff. That one is way back. He'll reach base his first time tonight. one nothing Redlegs. Looked like a changeup from Woodruff that he left out over the plate. And Votto can wait and wait and wait with the best of them. Here's a high fly ball deep into right. And the Reds have doubled up on their lead as Tucker Barnhart, first pitch swinging here in the third, hits number seven. And the Reds take a 2-0 lead. Hit hard up the middle. That's a base hit. And it's been a four-run inning, and it is now 5-0 Cincinnati. Bailey has struck out Santana, and they are gone in order. Here's the pitch. Line to the second baseman. And Homer Bailey has seven shutout innings in his final start of the year. First time he's accomplished that since August of 2014. The Reds snap a seven-game losing streak. Manager Brian Price spoke after. Yeah, it was good. That was good uh, downward angle on a very good fastball uh, and was able to, to, to make some nice pitches with his slider and split in particular his slider. Um, the other part is I thought he pitched in well. He got some good elevated fastballs in on the hands, especially the right-hand hitters, and uh, and uh, was ahead enough to where he could really make those uh, big pitches inside or elevated above zone when he needed to. So a uh, great way to finish the year. He had talked uh, throughout this comeback of when he gets to 90 pitches and he didn't know what to expect going beyond or getting over that seven inning hurdle. How important was it, even though his pitch count was nearing 100, to get him out there and get him through the seven? Well, it was big for a lot of reasons. It was big uh, because it shortened the game for our bullpen. It was big for him, I think, to to get over the hump and uh, get up over over 110 pitches. Um, and to finish the inning, you know, without really, you know, really crisp all the way through his his last inning. And, uh, you know, certainly a great way to end the season is throwing the ball more consistent, uh, consistently with better command, maintained his stuff, you know, that 90 to 94, 95-mile-an-hour uh, fastball for seven innings. I think it's a great sign and a great way to end the year and, and, and really kind of jump step himself into next season. And he was uh, blessed with some run support early, obviously. He was able to settle in. Yeah, run support and great defense. You know, uh, Duvall made a nice uh, uh, nice grab uh, in left field and then Billy making the big throw uh, to nail a uh, vote at the plate uh, to, to end uh, the third or fourth inning. I don't remember which. Um, those really helped, and the run support certainly. The you know we haven't seen Woodruff. Um, we know he's had good stuff. He's he's had a, a nice uh, early start to his career, and we're able to you know to to get the barrel of the ball uh, uh, and and get ourselves into a position to score that big inning that uh, you know gave us that nice six run lead. Homer Bailey goes seven scoreless frames. He gets the win and talk to the media after the game. It feels really good. I mean. <laughs> 
try not to dwell on it too much. Just kind of look at the present and know it's time for a little bit of R&R. &R. What was made you so successful? Obviously, you, you limited them from getting too excited about anything. They had, you had some nice defense, but what did you do specifically to make it kind of have a good night? Relied on my defense. <laughs> no, uh, you only know, had a little trouble there early and just, and just tried to um, just keep in mind sometimes it's just one pitch away from something really good happening. And, and you know, I mean, I've faced Braun so many times, and to be able to get that double play and just having to make that pitch, you know, that was a big game changer because they could have really turned that inning open. And then from there, you know, just um, kind of was fortunate enough to have a little bit of a reset in the second. We put up some runs. So sometimes when you get a little bit of those extra runs, you can kind of, uh, not going to say cruise, but you, you feel a little bit more relaxed and, and was able to do that. How important was getting through the seventh for you? <clears throat> You know, they asked me if I wanted to go to the seventh, and I knew my pitch count was a little bit high um, and, and have had absolutely zero success in the seventh so far this year. Um, and just kind of said, you know what, it, it's, it's the last one. We've got a big lead. It's not like it's going to cost our team the game. Um, you know, it was, it was a very easy decision once you kind of put everything into perspective. You've talked about that 90 pitch limit. Sometimes it just hasn't been there after 90. Today to go 117. Was it feeling better there at 117, 90, whatever? Absolutely not. It was one pitch at a time. And, and I mean that from a literal sense. You know, when in years past, you know, when I get 90 pitches, it seems like I've got that extra gear. And, um, and I'm looking forward to getting that back. And I know it's still there. So uh, just happy with, with the way that we played today and, and the success I was able to have to finish up strong. Putting a dent in your playoff hopes give you any extra satisfaction? Not really. Um, there's so many guys on that other team that I respect and have been playing against for so long, you know, whether it's Neil Walker, Ryan Braun, a lot of those guys. So to see them have their run um, is really good, and I really wish them the best of luck as people. Um, but it was my last start, and I'm sorry I'm not sorry, but I wanted to go out there and do well. The series against the Brewers concludes on Thursday. Sal Romano on the Hill. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.